Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. We are closing in six days away. We're recording this a little bit earlier so we can make the trip to Miami. But welcome to Miami. Bienvenido a Miami. Where's your tank top? That's why you have to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like we, it. We took the entire studio and we moved it down to Miami. <laughs> That would be nice. It's really we are expensive. Eleven Eleven Lincoln Drive, but the rest of the videos this week will not look like this one. That's it though. Eleven Eleven Lincoln Drive. Lincoln Road. Lincoln Road. Thank you again. I don't know if there's a Lincoln Drive, but there we are at a Lincoln Lincoln Road. Lincoln Road. If you are coming down to Miami again, Wednesday football feud. Get here around two thirty three. Eleven Eleven Lincoln Road. Mm-hmm. Friday. You want to meet Brian Westbrook? F yeah, you do. Let's you want to meet it. David Ingber? Hell yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. The push up champion. Push-up champion, yes, David Ingber. Yes, the omelet king, David Ingber. I, I would way rather win an omelet competition than a push-ups competition. Really? But well, I appreciate well, it. Oh, really quick before we get to omelets. Friday, get here again at around 2.33. Westbrook will be there sipping on some bubbly. Apparently, he's wearing a spaghetti strap. That's time. right. We, we all are, by the way. We are all not. We all are. I did not sign that. Show off work. the shoulders. Show I, off I the shoulders. Just because I told you I was working out on my shoulders the other day doesn't mean you have to bring S-O-S. it up. Show off the shoulders. <laughs> Miami. Miami. <laughs> yeah, omelet king. You had an omelet question for David Ingber? Yeah, what the hell does that mean? What do you mean? You, you are the best at, what do you say? You're the best at making omelets? I said he's the best at. You did call me the omelet king. I didn't call myself that. I just said that if if I were to enter a push-up competition or an omelet competition, I would rather enter the omelet competition. I have a better chance of winning, and I feel like it's a better showcase of he skill takes that I hold pride dear. in it. Yeah. Really? Well, How hard can it be to make an omelet? Don't you just put the eggs in there, put stuff wow. in there, and just flip Your it face and oh, flip it man. over, and then just make a a, a burrito with yeah. the omelet? How hard is it to run a football? All you do is just take the football and run forward. Yeah, you just you, I can anyone can hold a football and run into a line. Come omelet on, how hard is that? Pretty easy. Give, give Westbrook one aspect of your omelet. Unbelievable. Procedure. One aspect. I thought you appreciated greatness. Athletes I appreciate. I, I hate omelets though. So there, there's another yeah, that's right, part he doesn't of eat eggs. Yeah, I don't eat eggs. First but, Mariah but tell- Carey, now omelets. You <laughs> oh, guys man. are fractured. The rift. <laughs> Looks like Westbrook's going to be stuck with me as his friend soon. <laughs> no, but give give him one aspect of your omelet making that, let's say, people don't pay attention to that you really think adds to your greatness. People need to understand the difference between a French omelet and a country omelet. Ooh. Okay? Mm. This is different levels of browning. This is different techniques. This is different levels of heat. This is how much butter. This is when you add the butter. This is whether you want to add a little bit of water for a, a sort of a, a flowier texture or if you want to add a little milk for a little creamier. Like, there are all different kinds of elements here. Plus, if you're going to make a French omelet, you can make them so beautiful that I would give it to you and you would swear there was cheese in there. And I mm. promise you there wasn't. That's how creamy and delicious these eggs are. And that is technique. That is practice. And that is expertise. Wow. This is way Does deeper. Does he make you want to try eggs? No. No. It makes me like, <laughs> what the hell am I been doing? What are these people that I see at these little buffet things? He has things sent me just... photos of omelets he's made. The other day he made one with an egg outer crust. Oh, excuse me. A cheese outer crust. Yeah, it's an inside out omelet. All the only this omelet is what I can he think does. of is, is his craft. The people with the the yolk in a in a milk container and just pouring it on the little plate and flipping it through. They Someone, put some. Someone's been in an all inclusive resort before. <laughs> <laughs> flipping it over and it's like bacon. They take some bacon from the buffet. You know, all yeah. that crazy stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, but there is something beautiful at a resort when they fold it over yes, and nice. they slide it on your plate. Yeah, it's like, perfect. Thanks. I really enjoyed watching you work. You've <laughs> seen you. You love Gary Goldman as much of as I course. do, right? His whole thing about the omelet chef. What was it again? And he's like, he's like, and you, you're at the omelet station, and they're they're just pissed at you because no chef wants to be the omelet chef. They want to be giving the orders, not taking the orders from your ugly kid. <laughs> it's just so. Funny. I want more bacon. That's yeah. so good. Uh, so we're closing in uh, on the Super Bowl, Kansas City, San Francisco, and we said on last week's pod we were going to try and predict some of these Super Bowl storylines uh, that we could see coming out so that if they are written or done in video feature form, we get to take credit. Uh, it's the most work I've done for the podcast in months. <laughs> I have like 14, but I think yeah, Westbrook looked up and said, I'm winging it today. I have 16. <laughs> Perfect. Great. So I think, I think the best way to do this is we just kind of go around the table. It's not a draft. If someone takes one that you were thinking of, you add to it. But these are the storylines that will be discussed in the Super Bowl. We're going to be doing another podcast later this week to really dive in once we know more of the injuries and, and real. But this is more just having fun. Uh, Ingber, uh, I want you to lead off, and then we'll go counterclockwise. 
So again, these are stories that are going to be beaten senseless into the ground in the coming weeks or stories that like someone has really been thinking about yeah. deeply and researching. The hell or or one that you happen to find upon your research right. and went, oh, that could be interesting. Okay. Okay. So I have, I have a category of jokey and I have a category of serious. I have 10 jokeys and six serious. So you can tell me which one you want what? as we go around the room. When, did we, get, talk, when did we talk about this homework project that you guys have done? <laughs> Literally yesterday. We talked about that yesterday. Yes. Are you, Swing it. you mean yesterday? Well, yeah. Go. I, okay. I, I have some. So how about this? Ingrid, you go you go one serious, one jokey. Got it. Okay, so a serious one first. Um why haven't Robert Saleh and Eric Bieniemy gotten head coach uh offers yet? Dang. That's great. My my title was Overlook Coordinators Look to Prove Franchises Wrong on the Biggest Stage. We're talking about one of the best offenses in yeah. the league going against one of the best defenses in the league. These guys are there, they're veterans, they're respected. I mean, who doesn't, who, who at this point, when their, their names come up, who isn't like, oh, this guy would be a great head coach, and yet they haven't gotten the opportunity. I think that's going to be a storyline for the next 10 days. I think I completely agree. Had it on my list, too, crossing it out. Anything you want to add to that? I think that's a great one. And, and I think you're perfect <laughs> as a human being. And, and I didn't appreciate that whole egg situation, but now that you've come so strong with the whole storyline, we're back. We're back. To we're back, we were. baby. That's all and I needed. We're out. We were close when we were out, but now I'm out on you, Adam. So, sorry. I'm out on you. <laughs> Me and David are back. Hey, He can only be friends with one person. I, can't, on I, I got one best friend. Hey, listen, it's not you anymore. It's fine. <laughs> All right, what's your jokey? Um, George Kittle is the Draymond Green of tight ends. Ooh. That's just going to get beat. <laughs> Ooh, that's the worst, the worst take ever. I'll be honest. You're not the only one that thinks that. When that went online, everybody was like, people. "Fuck you!" <laughs> and it's really, I'm like, I, I just want to send all of them to Draymond Green and be like, the, "All these guys think you suck." <laughs> Apparently, um, no. But I Averaging think in a triple single. I just think sense. I'm going to hear just because I read a lot of like Boston blogs, right? That there's just going to be a lot of the Patriots screwed up the Jimmy G trade. Like, that's just going to be a huge storyline as we head toward It's like, he could have been ours. Yeah. He could have been, you know, Brady's successor. Well, and we just got rid of him for a second-round freaking pick. It is interesting because all a lot of the major newspapers have the main NFL writer. And they still go out there and they find ways to localize the story. So they're like, right. they're like, oh, Brian Westbrook, he was in Bethesda. So the Maryland paper's like, this is our big feature. We're right. going to follow Westbrook all week. And so I could totally see that being one of... Because I've got more Boston angles for the Super Bowl. Westbrook, putting you on the spot. What, what, what did you come up with late last night as I, you were yeah, late last frantically was, uh, researching? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Glad that you guys reminded me of this last night when we left here. Here's the thing. I think um, the biggest storyline is <laughs> for Kansas City is Andy Reid. And, and how yes. can, he, can he get over the hurdle? He's been to a bunch of championship games. He's been to one Super Bowl already. Bunch of interceptions. Can he continue what he did during the regular season, which is basically dominate every time Patrick Mahomes is on the field and carry it through into the Super Bowl and kind of run away with things? I'm going to add one on to his. It is one of mine, but I'm going to add it on to Westbrook's is win one for Garrett Reed. So Garrett was Andy's Reed that mm -hmm. passed Andy's son that passed away. And I looked on Andy's coaching staff right now is his other son, yes. Britt. Britt yep. So I'm guaranteeing there will be an article with Britt and Andy where it's we're winning one for Garrett. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those guys getting the Super Bowl. That's a serious one, like I say. But that I'm gonna give it to Westbrook. It's a gift I'm, that counts as Westbrook. We're adding on to each other. And so I I would I wrote a headline for this one. Ooh. I think this is gonna be a headline that I could see on ESPN.com or maybe that, like NFL.com. This is one of Ingber's very good abilities is titling yeah this is couldn't you completely see this being the name right, of the feature Andy Reid may be old but he is not old school oh couldn't you see that being the name I of a feature I can see that where it's like oh he's actually just as innovative as the Kyle Shanahan because he's going to be painted as the old guy next to Kyle right mm -hmm. I thought you were going to play on the word like Reid or something I, I'm sure I could go a variety of directions, but I think like. But you that, really don't like doing that. That angle, I don't. <laughs> I don't like name puns. <laughs> Ingber also hates name puns. Name puns. Like, what mean? would be one they would do with Westbrook that okay. you would hate? It's not that I hate name puns. It's that I hate building content around name puns. Okay. So it's like, let's say I work here at Bleacher Report, and hey, someone says we've got an opportunity to do something with Brian Westbrook for an hour, and people are like, all right, great, let's have uh, let's have him do Going West with Brian Westbrook, or and it's, uh, and it's, or it's like it's like Easter West. With Westbrook, yeah. and it's like you separate. Like he's like, and I'm like, wait a minute. We oh. have this like very talented person here. Like, why are we just playing?
playing on the fact that his last name happens to have the word West in it. Like, let's do Babbling Brook with Brian Westbrook, and then we just babble about stuff. Like, <laughs> so, that's literally the type of things that the internet comes out with all the time, all and I hate time. them. So in 2000, ice cream Tariq Cohen's, and you just eat, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so in 2000, I'm going to, I'm playing football, right? So I'm playing, still in college. You? Yeah, okay. football, long ago. So in college, you know, they have this award called the Walton Payton Award, which is one double A's version of the Heisman. So you got to kind of campaign for it. So I had the stats. So they wanted to make it more lively because the last two years I had the better stats than everyone that won, but I just didn't win it. So they were like, we're going to do a whole campaign. And it was right around the time with the Will Smith Wild Wild West Oh, movie, right? Whoa, and so we, we did a whole. I had. Uh, I'll find it on my phone. There but, has to be photos of this. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably on the internet. Let me and, it, and it says Wild Wild Westbrook. Yes, <laughs> it, says, it does. I actually no. don't hate that, just because like if you need to win an award, you have an objective. Yeah, you know. How about this one for a hashtag? Trying for Brian. <laughs> yes, trying for Brian. And then if he loses, he your Brian help. We try. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Your help. Please, that's good. Okay, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'll do one. Will Nick Bosa be the only 49er to go to the White House? I had something very similar. Is he the only player in the game that's like, really, can't wait to go to the White mm. House? <laughs> He's excited about that. I like that. He's I like a Trump that. guy. Yeah, I know. He's excited about that. That's just that's a storyline because usually we get there and a story in the last few years has been, are you going to the White House? Or will the whole team just cancel the, team the trip? Go? And then they, they end up going and talking to the different players. So I could see that being one for Bosa. Um, and then since we're doing two, I think it'll keep the speed going. Um, I will say, oh, this is one. Did the Chiefs set the 49ers Super Bowl run in motion? Here's what I mean. Last year, week three, up and back battle. It's Had really this. good. Jimmy G tears his ACL because he tears his ACL. Mm -hmm. The Niners have a down year, more pressure is put on their defense and they end up with the second pick in the draft, which they turn into Bosa. Nick Bosa. That's right. That's right. Then they come back in the second round with the second pick and they get Debo Samuel. But a lot of that offense came together and George Kittle exploded because of his relationship with Nick Mullins. Did the Chiefs in a way, and that hit and the torn ACL, lead the Niners back to face them in the Super Bowl? I like that. A, an article that you will read in the next week. Jimmy G did say something recently. I saw this on Twitter the other day. It was like Jimmy G says, I'm actually grateful for my ACL tear because it got us Bosa, and that put us in the position to be where we and are it, today. And it made the team so much closer. Like I was messaging with a lot of the guys during the year last year and they they loved Nick Mullins and it was the fact that the offense had success with two different backup quarterbacks last year that really got that team on the same page uh but I could I'm you had that as well huh I had a version of it just just yeah I fact the fact that uh people look for any connection they can oh these two coaches their dads actually knew each other in yes. college or whatever so the fact that Jimmy G hurt himself against the Chiefs yes. I just feel like that's a thing people will be like hey that's a thing that we remember yes. let's write an article about that it to me also was the game where Mahomes, it went from like the first two weeks where he destroyed the Chargers and you went, oh, maybe the Chargers defense stinks. And we learned later they would go to the playoffs and they didn't. Second week, he went out there and put on another show. And then it was like the primetime one o'clock game because the Niners were also 2-0. and And he had the one scramble play where he ran. It was the first time we ever see him run right and then loop around and then threw a touchdown. And that was the game too where people went, oh, they beat the Steelers in week two. And then he came back into that. And so simultaneously, it ended Jimmy G's season and launched Mahomes into, oh, shit, this guy's for real. So it is funny that those teams are playing, but we will see that brought up somehow. Uh, so my next two headlines are actually in the same vein of people like writing an entire feature around did you remember this? Even though most football fans did. Yes. They'll do the like, Joe Montana played for both the 49ers <laughs> and the Chiefs. Did you know that? Yeah. Or the like, Raheem Mostert's actually, this is his seventh team. Did you know that? Right, right, right. I feel right, like right. those are two Absolutely. Just, like prime. Uh, I believe the Montana headline will be, who is he rooting for? Yeah, that's like the jokey one. But I, He needs to come out with the coin toss with like a half and half. That's fine. Like a half and half jersey, you know? <laughs> but you're right. The Mostert, fe the Mostert features, do your pun. Oh, yeah, if you <laughs> you know he has it. You already no, know. Just, I texted text, me. I texted Levko for no reason at all, like two days after the game, to just be like, next time Raheem Mostert has a big run, you should be like, Raheem Mostert, more like Raheem Allert. 
instead of most. Doesn't that sound like something Joe Buck would just salivate to like get me as his writer? What? <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, hey. The more you can do. I like it. Yeah. Motherfucker. Hey, bro. I got to. Need to get it together, man. All right, chapstick. I know. I love it. Where's the chapstick? Do you remember that old video? <laughs> no. The internet video, where's the chapstick? If you, if you use chapstick, you have to use it continuously. Yeah. They put alcohol in it so they would dry your lips as alcohol. it lubricates. It's a short-term solution. I'm trying to tell you. It, 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 that's what they do. That's All how right, you what headline did business. you come up with in the last four minutes while, you're just, <laughs> while I'm searching for some picture? Um, it has to be about Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's the biggest question in will it be a repeat? What did he learn between mm. the Super Bowl with a couple years ago? In this year, I mean, and I think we've seen already, at least in the championship game, that he's learned a bunch. They only threw the ball eight damn times. It's the reason why he kept running the football, because he learned his lesson against the Patriots. To that point, I'm glad he got his insane, I'm only running the ball game out in the NFC Championship so that people can have that conversation yes. and then not go into it. Because now he can go, I just threw it eight times. Mm -hmm. Like, clearly that's not an issue anymore. I'm going to take your headline and I'm going to put it on steroids bouncing back from Belichick Shanahan Super Bowl loss Bill Belichick Andy Reid Super Bowl loss Bill Belichick this is the Boston angle I was talking about sure. before where both of them had their one chance taken away from Bill Belichick and the mm -hmm. Patriots and now what did they learn from it how do they fix it again? And now that they don't have to look across from Belichick, is there any relief? But both of those guys bouncing back from Belichick. Bouncing back. What do you think, Mr. Patriot? Uh, I've been thinking for weeks how funny it would be if the at any point the 49ers were up by a significant margin. Let's say they're up 21-3 oh, yeah, 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 or 24-8 yeah. or God whatever. God forbid it's 28-3. Yeah, I mean, 28-3 would be something way too crazy and specific to hope for. But let's say he had a big lead and then Mahomes starts leading a, a comeback and they just have that one oh. shot of, of Shanahan looking on the sidelines, just a little deer in the headlights. He's too smart and too good of a coach to be deer in the headlights for real. But it does feel like even if there was just a hint of this, oh, God, here he we go again. He reacts on the sidelines. He does. Yeah. He gets out there. He gets emotional. Yeah. Uh, I, I, let me just get this one out of the Hold way. Hold on, let me, let me, I got one more. This is, this is actually after the game if oh. things don't work out for Andy, oh. right? Andy Reid traditionally has been a throwing coach. I think they may only run the ball with 20, 28 times uh, percent of the time. And he can get a little two-pass happy. He, that's the point. Andy's whole, he's been caught up in passing the football his entire career. When will he finally learn? that you have to be able to run the ball like the San Francisco so, 49ers. So you're saying did. if they pass too much and lose, the headline might be Andy Miss Reed. Miss Red. No. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're close. Andy should have read. <laughs> should have read. Run. It's interesting that both of these coaches have been known as two pass happy over mm -hmm. the years. Like I said the Kelsey versus Kittle one. That one is 100% going to happen. I just want to get that out of the way. Um, I have another one. The rubber match 49ers. There are two guys on this team that have won and lost a Super Bowl, and this will define whether or not they are winners in Super Bowls or losers. Emmanuel Sanders lost 45 with the Steelers to the Packers, broke his foot in the second quarter, won one Super Bowl 50 with the Broncos, six catches, 83 yards, had a great career. Richard Sherman won Super Bowl 43 versus the Broncos, lost 49 to the Patriots. So both of these guys know what it's like to win the Super Bowl, know what it's like to lose the Super Bowl. What information will they pass along to a young 49er team? And what emotions will they have if they finish this game one and two on the biggest of stages? Are you worried that that will impact your legacy? Find out in the Sacramento Bees. <laughs> Page two. <laughs> that feels like you got, that's too specific. You got inside information. One of your journalist friends texted you a nope. heads up that he's writing that story. No, nope. this is me over coffee this morning <laughs> being like, let me look at these rosters. And Experience in these games. But that's huge. the key. You got to make it feel really realistic. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I, I think to that point, I mean, being to able that, to talk to, to those that. guys. Okay. We talked before, we talked le uh, last week mm -hmm. about Jimmy G has been through the process of scheduling a week and knowing what it's like. Shanahan knows it as well. And, and I've heard this from a lot of Super Bowls where it's like everything from the events that you agree to do to how much time you let your players be in the locker room. If, if you like how how much of a deal is it for the players that didn't just sit there on the sideline like Jimmy yeah. G, but the guys like Sherman and Sanders who have really been through it? 
Well, it's a it's a totally different game, though. I mean, and the, the game is different from the beginning, the lead up, because you got two weeks before you play, obviously, um, to the press 45-minute halftime. 45, the halftime is terrible. But then, you, so you, most of the time is during the game, you warm up, you go back in, and, and you're, you get retaped or you just clean up a little bit, and then you go back out, you hear from the coach, and you go back out. In the Super Bowl, you warm up, do everything. Then you go back in and you chill right. for like another 25, 30 minutes. And so that whole warm-up process, which is obviously right. to warm up and get ready for the game, it's it's basically for no reason. Because now you're back in the locker room like, all right, what the hell do you do? And so now, as a player, you're trying to stay focused. The whole goal all week long is to stay focused on the game. Yeah. So the hard part about the Super Bowl is, is that when you're at home, you know, you got the kids, you got to run errands, you got to do different stuff during the week. It gives you some time to kind of get away from football. So it's just it's almost impossible to focus on one thing every day, all week long. It's yeah. impossible to do it. Especially because all your friends are texting you for tickets. Absolutely. Your, your cousin you've never talked to is saying, I'm proud of you. No you're doubt. Like, about oh, it. man, I got all this shit. No doubt about it. And so when you're so now you're in Miami, which probably is much better than when we were in Jacksonville when it was 50 oh. degrees outside and we <laughs> we thought we were going to South Beach and we all had shorts and damn t-shirts and it was 50 degrees in Jacksonville. It was miserable <laughs> for everybody. But now you're there and you're trying to find different things to do to make sure you're trying to simulate what you usually do. So you go out a little bit, you, you hang out and you're just trying to have a regular week. And that's a hard part. So you get to the game, the pregame is different. Because uh, then you come out right before the game, you're seeing fireworks and that. I mean, everything is totally different. And athletes, people in general, are creatures of habit. And you work on a schedule. And you expect, okay, I'm going to do this right before the game. I'm going to go out there. Yeah. I'm going to tie my shoes up. I'm going to stretch. And then I'm going to go to play. And it's totally different. And it just throws you off. That's why Tom Brady, that's why the Patriots have such an advantage. They've done it so many times. Right. They know what it is. They right. know what's going to go on. It's always and until you do guys. it, until you do it, yeah. You really don't know. Because the young guys simultaneously think, I'll be here again, no. and so they don't take it as seriously, mm -hmm. and then also go, I want to experience this. It's, it might only happen to me once I want to experience it. The thing that really messed me up is when you see guys out that are going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Last year, Super Bowls in Atlanta, New England versus L.A. Rams— Every, all, everyone's downtown. Atlanta's like two rings. It's the downtown, and then it's like the Buckhead mm -hmm. outer ring. And so there's two different cities, kind of. I am at the Waffle House on Sunday before the game at like 9.30 in the morning, and I'm down there eating, and I look over, and there's Malcolm Brown of the Patriots wow. with his family eating at the Waffle House. I thought you, when you said going out, I thought you meant like at the club. There's Getting that breakfast too. with your family is a little different. But, I'm, of... but for me, looking over and seeing an all-gray sweatsuit with 90 right here and seeing him with like four or five kids cutting eggs, pouring <laughs> syrup, and, I, and, I, and also eating. And I'm going, in this world of nutrition plans, yeah, you're at Waffle House on Peachtree. <laughs> but it was also like, oh, we think these guys can be locked away in a room right. focusing He's got his whole family. Right. And so he's like, what is my family going to do? And like, you're not, so we, you don't think of all that stuff because you think of like the fact, like I was riding the elevator down last year. I didn't realize I was in like the Patriots team hotel and I'm riding down the elevator and I'm in the elevator with James White and another uh, Patriots young run. It might've been, I don't think it was Sony Michelle. Bolden or somebody. But somebody goes, you know, you ever ride on them bird scooters? And and James White goes, don't get on a fucking scooter. And I'm in the elevator. I'm just like looking up. Mm -hmm. And the guy goes, why? He goes, you want to be in the paper for the only motherfucker not to play in the game for getting injured on a bird? And I like left the elevator. I was like, that was the best conversation <laughs> I've heard. But they have freedom when they go down to these Super Bowls. And Miami could get really interesting. Like I remember. Well, there's no way that they keep the teams oh, anywhere shit. close to South Beach. You're right. There's no way. Make them stay in Jacksonville. I know, I know Andy Reid that. Andy Reid made Remember when Corral Buckhalter got busted before the fucking Rams game? Yeah. My or Rams or the was it, Saints. Was it Buck? Was it? It was Buckhalter and another guy. I just remember as like a kid, like a 13-year-old yeah. kid. It may have been the year before you got there. Oh, you it talking about the Rams they were on, they were on NFC South Street. Chip. 
In Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got busted. And I was like, what are they? And I'm like 13. I'm like, what are these players doing? Right, right, right. Like they don't. So that's the hard part. So now you're locked up in a hotel. You really can't go out too much. Just imagine. And I was when I when I went to the Super Bowl, I wasn't this known name like that. But just imagine if you're Patrick Mahomes, where are you going? What are you doing for a whole week? And so, again, you're away from right. You're away from your home that you're you're. PlayStation, whatever video game that you have, and the, the 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 great things that you do at home, your family, and it's different. Staying in a hotel all week long, it's a weird thing. So it's just a different experience. Some of these teams actually have that experience when, you know, they're a West Coast team. They stay on the East Coast for a week when mm. they play the Jets or whatever. But yeah. it's a whole different world out there. And I think those guys, how you manage it, it, it it's done through experience. And some of these guys that haven't played in the game all, will find out. The all the way. coach should have to do is go up in the front and go, let me tell you about a man named Eugene Robinson. Yes. And if you know that story. No, uh, was it Eugene Robinson or was it Butler? Was it Leroy Butler? No, it was Eugene Robinson. Eugene Robinson. Was arrested of was uh, arrested for soliciting a prostitute like the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. I thought that was Leroy. Was that the, the Falcons-Broncos Super Bowl, like 99 yes, 90, or uh, Wow. How about this? I found an article written in 1999 in the New York Times by Mike by Bleacher Report's Mike Freeman, wow. which is, like, crazy. But Robinson's arrest looms larger after the Falcons' defeat. Arrested soliciting a prostitute in Miami wow. before Super Bowl 33. Wow. So if I'm Shanahan or I'm Andy Reid, yeah. I'm, I'm printing That's out— That's real bulletin board material. Facts. I am printing out the article, and I am putting it on everybody's desk, and I'm going, this has stayed with this man. For his entire life. That's right. Man had like 1,500 tackles. He, uh, 1,400 tackles was an all-timer. And all he'll be known for is the motherfucker that got busted before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Can I ask another Super Bowl question? That's the worst, though. That has to be the worst thing ever. It was halftime against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, sneak out to try to watch the halftime show? It was Prince, no. too. Did you, like, sneak I, out? You, I, you like, get, no. like, five no, minutes? No, it wasn't Prince. I don't know who it was. But it, I'll look it up. It was... It was um, so in the halftime, again, here's the, here's the dilemma that you have. In the halftime, usually it's 12 minutes. So the time you get to the locker room, you get in, you go to the bathroom, you may change your cleats. But it's like 35 minutes in the Super Bowl, And right? the Super Bowl is different. So, right. So that's the regular halftime. Time that you hear from your coach, you get something to drink, and you go back out a regular game. In the Super Bowl, you hear from your coach, you know, you do all that other stuff, and now you have another 25 minutes left. Right. So what do you do? So you're sitting around looking at the guys. You're like, okay. That's why I wanted to know. Did you, like, sneak out no, and check I, out I U2 or out. whoever it was? It was, it was, it was Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh, I remember that Super Bowl. Yeah. No good. No good. No. Yeah, he was no. playing his little bass Wouldn't thing. have been interested even if Ukulele. I could <laughs> Um. All right. Uh, should I do one more? Have I already done it? I got a couple more. Go. I have a, I have a bunch. Um, This is going to be because... Not just football uh, publications are writing about the Super Bowl, right? It sort of reaches bigger and broader concepts, right? right? Yeah. So there's going to be like some religious blogs that are going to talk about how Aaron Rodgers is not in the Super Bowl because he abandoned Christianity. That's mm. going to be a storyline this week. Do you I, hear about this? No. When did this happen? This just, was just the other day. He was on Danica Patrick's podcast. His girlfriend. Yeah. And he, he said, I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants to condemn most of the planet to a fiery hell. Uh-oh. That's his quote. He said he's abandoning Christianity. He said that? Yeah. Wow. wow. And that's so it's the like, reason his family doesn't. Wow. I, I can't speak to his family. I can just tell you that I feel like that the media sharks would be circling on a thing like that. That if you work for a Christian publication, that, that feels like something that you would kind of try to hammer and be like, look. You know, Aaron Rodgers wants to play in the Super Bowl. Like, eh, well, I think know, along those same lines, book of Aaron. <laughs> you also have to admit the Pope said something about the Saints and the Ravens, neither yeah. of which are in the Super Bowl. You yeah. remember that? Well, to be honest, I believe that the Pope had destined the Saints and the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl, and then he smacked that lady's hand, oh. and then God said, nope, nope, they're not going anymore. So really, Why he... it's the Pope's fault. He smacked that crap he out of that lady. Get off, get off me, get he, off he me. He smacked her, and he looked at her, and he said, I'm the Pope. <laughs> All right, interesting Aaron Rodgers. Watch it, lady. I wasn't expecting that. That was good. Uh, and then another fun one, uh, if Patrick Mahomes win this, wins this game, very possible, right? It's a 50-50 game at least at this point. Has Patrick Mahomes reversed the Madden curse? Oh. Like that. Because that's been like one of the most 
time-tested curses or of our did lifetime. he already suffer the curse when he got injured earlier this year mm-hmm. oh, so he paid his penance to yeah, the, to the and is gods. It, did he actually yeah did he pay did he already give the sacrifice but winning being the mvp of the super bowl in the year that you're on the madden cover yes. that's pretty strong can we talk about the fact that patrick mahomes kneecap went to the side of his legs and he, and he came back weeks three weeks later well and now he's like <laughs> he's like completely fucking healthy and he, if my kneecap was on the side i'd be like i think this walking thing's overrated even more important than that, that they said the trainer, who was my trainer, Rick Burkholder. Rick Bullholder. Yeah, Burkholder. Not telling my story. <laughs> Brian Westbrook's former trainer at the Eagles. No. They said he saved his season by putting the kneecap back in place on the field. Yeah, Mahomes just went. Yeah, he said if he didn't do that at that time, he wouldn't have been back. He would have missed more I, games than he I did. I know this, that. Mahomes was in there in like the medical room and everybody was freaking out. He's like, I can go play. And they're like, Patrick, he's like, like, I can tough it out. Right. That like family members and stuff were like more worried than him. Like he was the only one that's like, you guys are being overcautious. I know my kneecap was just on the side. I can go back out there. And that's not from him. Mm. It's from other people in the room. Like, and that's why, that's why with Patrick, I'm willing to talk about how many Super Bowls does he win? Because I do not see any of the, oh, this is going to go to his head. Like He has to get paid, too, though, at some point. I mean, oh, and he a, will. No, no, he, he will get paid. The weapons that he has around him. Of course. That's going to be the but question. When I, but when I think about him and, like, his future, I, I go, I, I, there's a lot of young athletes that I worry about how they're going to handle success. Mm-hmm. With Patrick, I go, no, there is joy in playing the game. And some guy, sometimes I don't know if people like to be famous and to get recognized or if they enjoy playing the sport. Like when I hear Aaron Rodgers come out and say football was fun again, I go, oh, well, in the last few years, the Packers didn't have a chance. I heard Ben Simmons say recently, basketball is fun again. And I'm like, you're 23. <laughs> yeah. How is and this you not haven't won fun? anything, right. Yeah, but like Mahomes, it's like all he wants to do is play. And those are the guys like Russell Wilson, where I'm like, I'm all in on you making a run at this every single year. I like that. Lamar Jackson type of shit. Love Even though Lamar. David doesn't believe it. You want to get that out in the open? <laughs> uh, this is a thing for not just Lamar Jackson, but for a lot of athletes in general. When your public persona is so beautifully manicured that you always say the exact right thing. You've got a microphone shoved in your face. You're on Twitter. You're doing all this stuff. You're on podcasts. And yet every single thing that you say is the most like humble, beautiful, perfect encapsulation of the ideal athlete that we've all been shooting for. The quintessence of the humble athlete that Lamar Jackson has embodied this year. And good for him because he's an awesome athlete and I wish him nothing but the best. I just feel like there's some level that is uh, horseshit. You don't believe it. Because when I look at him, oh, I agree with you, bro. I'm looking at him like, he actually believes that. Well, all this stuff that he's saying, which, I mean, I think to your point, some of it's like, all right, come on, this is enough. I was that way with Russell Wilson. I was like, this is such bullshit. Yeah. And then, like, everybody was like, no, you need to understand, he's a little bit crazy, and that's truly who he is. And Russell Wilson's been doing this for, like, eight straight years in our lives. Russell Wilson, uh, Lamar Jackson's only been in our lives for, what, like, two years? And right. so, so you're maybe... a Lamar Jackson truther. Uh, I'm not a Lamar Jackson <laughs> truther. I don't want to make this I'm going to win the MVP. I don't care if I win a Super Bowl or not. And yeah, this, he, isn't even about, believe it. this isn't even about athletes. He said, I don't care if I win an MVP. Like, come on. This guy's been dreaming of making the NFL since he was well, probably five years old. Probably also I guarantee about you. about a Super Bowl. I, yes, but I guarantee you that winning the MVP puts a smile on his face. So that's a very exciting accomplishment for him because that is a tremendous accomplishment. Well, of course, he didn't say that. Though. Maybe the phrase should have been, I'm, I would love to win the MVP, but it means nothing compared to That would have been fine. That would have been honest. But for him to say the MVP means not whatever he said. Well, I, I kind of feel that's part of his honesty that it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what I meant. I think it's too perfect of a quote. It's too much like the exact quote that old school journalists love to be like, see, that's the mentality no, right there. I, it's like I, too manicured. I think that there's a much if you dig a little bit deeper in that, I think that he's been groomed to be a quarterback for a long time. Mm-hmm. And part of that grooming process, especially for a black quarterback, a young black quarterback that wants to play the white man's position is that you have to talk that way. Mm -hmm. And for him, I I think that he embodies, but I also believe more and more I listen to him and watch his actions, how he interacts with the other guys on the team. He believes that he feels that way. It's like, I, so I was was, uh, interviewing Isaac Bruce recently and I'm reading these articles from the nineties where like Isaac Bruce never said a word and he carried a Bible to and from practice. And like he went out one time in his first three years and people were like, you're out right now. 
And I do believe that there are certain guys at the at any professional level that it it, it seems too good to be true. And that you want to be like, I know that when you go home, you let it all loose, and that's not really who you are. But a lot of these guys are. And that's the, been the weirdest part about me, like, kind of meeting. And I know you've met a ton of athletes. Dawkins is like that. Dawkins is like that. He's Dawkins like doesn't that. curse. And you go, how could he not curse? And then you look at the tape, and he's saying, like, daggummit. Doggone it. Doggone it. And you're like, shucks. Wow, like that's real. <laughs> and it's, it's like one of these things where that's why I think they're the worst interviews. Because they're, they say things like 110% and they fucking think it's real. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? And, I, and you're like me. You're, you're a little bit of a cynic. I didn't grow up. I'm very much a cynic. And I do apologize because Lamar Jackson is the best. And I'm like, I literally just sure. wish nothing but of the course. best for him. He's the, I, I don't want people to no, think no, I'm no, talking no, no. shit about him or anything. Uh, this is more just like the way I feel about humanity. That like... I grew up around actors, you know, I didn't grow up around professional athletes. I grew up, I know a lot of actors, like my early twenties, I was just hanging out with a lot of actors and everyone says the same thing. Like, look, I just want to work. I just want to work. I just want to be a working actor. And that is a great, humble thing to say when you're starting out as an actor. And then you get your first job and you're like, well, now I want a better job. And now I want a higher paying job. Now I want a more prestigious job. Now I want a Tony nomination. Now I want this and I want that. And I can't believe I haven't gotten a pilot yet. And I can't, it's like, is Daniel Day Lewis, the Lamar Jackson of acting (laughs) where it's like, he just loves the process. And it's like, not about that. I haven't thought it through because you just sprung that on me, but I like where you're thinking. Well, we discovered in a group chat earlier that Mariah Carey is the Vince Carter of singing. She, that I'll take to the bank. She's been around, four decades. She's been around for a long time. Uh, she's uh, she's been around for a long time. To, but to be a number and one artist. has been living off this same song for a really <laughs> long time. I mean, let's just be honest. She's she been had, living off. What, what is the name of the song? All I want for Christmas is you. All I want for Christmas for the last That was from 1994 years. just because All I want for Christmas is a new Mariah Carey CD. You know what I'm saying? 25 years. She's had so many hits since then, but it's a, tri- a tribute to that song that she wrote, by the way. What hits? Didn't. Oh my God! I mean, I'm not saying that she she hasn't had a, a oh, hit no, since 2010. Yes, she has. That's since not when? true. 1994, 2010 was the last hit. I bet. Name one since 2010. Um, uh, well, Fantasy is incredible. What? I'll play it for you. Just what year so was that? I'm looking it up with old, old Dirty Bastard. Oh, but, uh, 2010 is the last year. I'm saying. All right, hold on. But you need to hear the song to realize how good it is. Oh, old Dirty Bastard's been dead for. 30 I'm years. just looking up when it came out. Let the beat drop. I'm looking through hits right now. 2008, 2003, 2005. And then it's like 2009, 2010. It's, they're all 2017, 2015. What's 2017, 2017, 2015? A No-No, With You, Infinity was 2015. Oh, when Fantasy Christmas came comes out in 2011. These are hits. What songs are these? Heartbreak, you got the best of me. You yes, need that's like know. 90s. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I like Mariah just as much as the next guy. But, I mean, I got it. I mean, I kind of Dream lover? Whatever this conversation, whatever direction it goes, <laughs> I'm the winner because I got us talking about Mariah Carey. I don't want it to affect podcast. our friendship, just as, just, just <laughs> FYI. This is all a part of my plan to divide and conquer. <laughs> uh, were we up to you? The Vince Carter I'll, of No, I'll take singing. one. Yeah, do you have one or do you want me to go? Go, go. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, 49ers great. Looking back at the year he was drafted, the Niners had the third pick in the draft after trading from two back to three as the Bears took Mitchell Trubisky. And the Niners, with six games of Jimmy Garoppolo, said, we are going to keep this guy, but they could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I am expecting an article in which how would the Niners and Chiefs have split off differently if the Niners pulled the trigger on Patrick Mahomes in that draft? I love a good what-if article. It's a what-if. I like that. I could just see that being made. It is funny because they bring up the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes thing every time Mitchell Trubisky throws a pick, but then there were teams three through nine that didn't pick either a guy either, right? And also, like, nobody was... I know they they traded a second-round pick to get Jimmy Garoppolo, but they were still uncertain. And the stories about Kyle Shanahan internally wanting to wait until the end of that year to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency Mm. are very true. Like, that's all we talked about on this show was how Kyle Shanahan had, like, a huge man crush on Kirk Cousins and, like, didn't know about Garoppolo. And then after a while, he kind of won him over. But I just – I could see, like, the Patrick Mahomes wearing a Niners jersey, like, as the the cover art for that article. Right. Um, I got another one. The Kansas City castoffs, Terrell Suggs and LaShawn McCoy – 
Two guys that have gone their entire careers that were cut late in their careers and just released. Terrell Suggs coming over midseason. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read about how he's provided maturity leadership. and leadership to that young Experience. pass rushing crew. Ooh, I just thought of another one that I forgot to write down. And LaShawn McCoy never touching a Super Bowl. How he I don't know that he had any playoff wins either. How he motivated Damian Williams mm-hmm. and and fostered Darwin Thompson in this late stage, the, the Kansas City castoffs. I think of one that I think is probably end up being true, and I, I kind of thinking about what they did in Carolina this offseason is how they built that that front office with Kyle and uh, uh, Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch. And then they went out and they just drafted D Lyman for four yep. years. You know what I'm saying? Just go get the best that we can get first round guys and build it that way. Bringing a, a veteran type of quarterback that came over, didn't have a bunch of experience, but he learned under the best. They built their team a certain way. And then you go get you a young mastermind. And so it was, it was built almost to perfection. And you kind of, we talked about it yesterday, really. We, we, we talked how they built the team, but also the relationship between coach and GM and there are still teams like the Browns that are still trying to figure out we'll, we'll go find a GM and see if he can he's worked with the coach before right. and they can work together eh, maybe that's not the best way to do it maybe the GM and coach should be one in the same they should be a tandem together built together same lift contracts and everything 100% so that um you know their 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 rewards are aligned with each other i think that's going to be huge mm-hmm. All right, what do you got for me? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to two assistant coaches on the 49ers. Yeah. You saw this? Uh, probably. Katie Sowers, the yep. first female yes. and openly gay coach in the Super Bowl. I hope that one day we live in a world where that's not a big deal to have a female coach sure. and to have an openly gay coach. But right now, she's the first, and that is a huge deal. We'll and congratulations to her. on her the next two weeks for sure. Outstanding. Big shout-out to you, Katie Sowers. And Robert Turner Jr., a name Ooh, that I, did I didn't know. He is a 24-year veteran in the NFL and a name that we don't really know. He's the running game coordinator for this incredible running attack for the 49ers. Mm. Is he? I thought that was Mike McDaniels. Uh, Robert Turner Jr. is in his third season as the 49ers running backs coach after spending the running previous two coach. seasons. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay, so I got Oh, I know him. Do you hate him? No, I like Talk him. Talk shit on him. No, I, no, I like him. No, <laughs> I didn't I like know much him. about him, but I'm just saying. Like, He's this, a running back coach. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This has been I, a pretty legendary rushing attack Absolutely. this year. He was in Washington with Kyle. Yeah. So this guy, he's been in the in the NFL for 24 years, but seems like a name that's kind of like yeah. the the real guys know about him, but not the, yeah. the common fans. So maybe this is a great week to get this guy a little extra. I'm going to go off of you, and I'm going to add coaches looking to get rings that did not get them as players. San Francisco, Miles Austin, Wes Welker. D'Amico Ryans, guys that played for a really long time, never got a chance. I think Wes will be the one that people will focus on more. Welker, I think, did get a ring for the Broncos, but yeah, I think you're right. But not with the Patriots, which is kind of the like weird thing. Kansas City, your former teammate Greg Lewis, yep. Mike Kafka, who is a rising coaching prospect quarterback. And you know who's the DB coach for uh, Kansas City? No. Sam Madison. Is he? That'll be the one. Sam Madison, legendary Miami Dolphins cornerback. When I played Madden growing up, and I would use the Dolphins, Patrick Sertan, Sam Madison, ranked like 98, 97, awesome. But Sam Madison in Miami yeah. trying to get that Super Bowl, like that one, a thousand percent. Is Al Harris on that, on that staff too? I did not see him. He Al Harris is coaching? He was coaching with Andy for a long time, up until – I want to say at least to last year. All right. There was nothing better as an Eagles fan than this era where it was Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor on the outsides, and Al Harris as our slot. Al Harris was Philadelphia's original Asante Samuel. Yeah. The guy that would make the play that could win you the game or lose you the game because he was so risky. He'd either make the big-time swat or get like a 45-yard pass interference. He's willing to get burned. It's like the guy that's willing to get dunked on. It's like at least he went for the block. And he was in the era where dreads looked really cool, but not everyone had them. Mm. It was like him and Mike McKenzie of the Packers were like the only two guys with dreads, but Al Harris was the shit. They just, they got rid of him in 2018. All the defensive staff. Yeah, defensive staff. Because Gunter Cunningham left and all that stuff. All right, you got one? Steve Spagnola. Yes. You have to have that story. You know, he was, he, he, he was a great coach, coached me in Philadelphia, then went up to New York. As far as the the D, D coordinator there did a great job there. Then he was the head coach, and I, and I was I was 
this close to playing for him when he was a coach of the Rams. I instead went with the 49ers, which was a big mistake, but better weather in California than in San Francisco. So you would have been the compliment to Steven Jackson? Yes. That's but they, interesting. But they played on turf. They practiced on turf a bunch. You don't like that. Eh, Who not, does? I don't like turf. Not so good for your knees. Yeah. Not so good. But then, again, on it's turf. better weather in California than, you know, so his opportunity. Yeah, yeah, if you want to live in St. Louis or San Francisco, I think that's an easy question. Easy, easy. But he has an opportunity to affect this game in a different way. He also is that missing piece to Andy's football team because this, this team defensively was terrible up until probably midway during the season. And they figured out what, what Spagnola was actually asking them, and now they've been playing much better. Big piece of this offense, this team. It will be interesting, too, if either of these defensive defenses stop the offense, how much attention the D.C. gets this offseason. Like if Spagnolo slows down the Niners' running game, that it'll be you know, head coach next year, like 100%. And if Salah slows down Kansas City, I mean – he should have got more attention this year. But the media, of again, course, they, they but got I'm a saying it's of, a lock next year that yeah. even if the Niners go anywhere, he's being brought in. If you stop, like, Aaron Rodgers, Minnesota, like, all those teams in a row, and Mahomes, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Yeah, if they win this Super Bowl by double digits, that's one of the most dominant postseason runs I can remember. Absolutely. I mean, just motoring through teams. I have three left. How many do you have left? Uh, I, I have, like, two and a half. Like, I could make, I could mold right, some clay out of first. here. <laughs> Um, I feel like people, when they start that like Thursday, Friday, Saturday slot, and you're really scraping the barrel for something, you want to say something nice about a, a player that's done you a solid in your journalistic career, you do a whole like LaShawn McCoy's mentorship of Damian Williams yes. is what's made the running game go. I have no idea if that's true or not, but like if like LaShawn McCoy hasn't done a ton this playoffs, right. but you find a way to be like, this guy has contributed to this Super Bowl team. I'll add to that as one of mine. Uh, the return to Miami of Damian Williams and Matt Moore, both on that Miami team that went to the playoffs and lost in the first round to Pittsburgh. But, you know, Matt Moore came into the, to the, uh, had to play a few games for Kansas City this year, but I could see like Matt Moore back in Miami and Damian Williams, an undrafted guy shining for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you go again. Um, this is just like a, a fun headline. I don't know where it would go, but it's someone that like really knows the X's and O's. And they would the headline would be, this 49ers team is not the 49ers team you grew up with. Mm. <laughs> and comparing it to Bill Walsh versus Kyle Shanahan. Just, right, because you could say like, hey, two pretty explosive teams, you know, set up for a dynasty, great coach matched with a quarterback. That You could make the parallels, but this, this writer would want to say like, no, actually, here's the difference in the way they run their offense, and here's the difference in the way they run their sets and everything. You know, it's, I have to go back and check. I read Bill Walsh's book, The, the Score Takes Care of Itself, I'm, I think they made their big run in their second year, but if they made their big run in their third year, I could totally see the Bill Walsh, Kyle Shanahan comparison starting where it's like this young guy that had, had a philosophy and they started from like ground up and like it's an I could see that. And it's innovative and it's different, but there's, you know, it's, it's got traces of other great coaches that he's worked I, with. I was just saying, I could see your article going either like he's the anti-Walsh and it's like, oh, this is more of a running-based attack where Walsh was more of a passing-based attack or he's the next Bill Walsh. I, again, I was just thinking about the headline And then you photoshopped Kyle Shanahan with like white hair and like a sweater on. <laughs> you love the photoshops. I think of the headlines, to you me, think of the art. To me, photoshops make the articles. Mm-hmm. You can also picture the same thing if Kyle wins this Super Bowl and his offense just continues to do the things that he's doing you're starting to look at what's the next coaching tree Bill Walsh had a huge coaching tree Andy well the, uh, you start uh, looking at Mike Shanahan's absolutely because then it's Mike Shanahan Kubiak Kyle Sean McVay yep uh Zach, even more so right uh the kid in Taylor. Cincinnati Zach, Zach Taylor. Taylor um oh yeah It'd be huge. It'd be bigger. And Salah would get a job at some point. That's an article that's going to come out this week. Comparing the Mike Holmgren and the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Sure. Two coaches that got passed up for the Hall of Fame this year for Bill Cower. Mm. I got to stop shitting. They're not on TV. That's, I'm going to have to interview him on Radio Row and be like, <laughs> hey, Chin. Um, all right, I got one. Will D. Ford prevent the Chiefs from a Super Bowl in back-to-back years? Ooh. 
Ah. He was on the Chiefs. Right. He goes off sides, which allows the Patriots to get the ball, to continue their drive and win. And now this year, he's on the other team. Another good Boston angle. You know I'm going to be in favor yeah. of that. And now, can because if D. Ford gets to Mahomes a few times and gets sacks, talk about a redemption story. Yes. So you got to get ahead of that. You got to print that article this week so that if it happens, you can go on Twitter and be like, look at my article. If you want to read something during the commercial break, check out my article about D4. I also I'm now trying to rack my brain for who has hurt one fan base, both as a member of the team and as the opposition, like to just like pummel your own fan base twice from different angles. Right. I can't think of a good example, but that would be probably the lead example where he loses you once. I was trying to think of puns with D, Mm -hmm. but I can't. And I, I'm turning to you. Yeah. Uh, they can't afford to lose another one. Mm. That's not bad. Could Ford deny the Chiefs yet again? That's great. I like that. That was a good one. Thanks. That's what Westbrook's yeah, like How about deliver us a Super Bowl? Deliver. How about the Kelsey brothers? In Kelsey brothers. Yeah. So Jason, obviously yep. Super Bowl with the Eagles. Great. Super Bowl parade Legendary. Speech. Yes. And after Travis delivered the you got to fight for your right to party. Yes. I will. How does that match up? I I think that's interesting. And does Jason give Travis advice? Absolutely. I will say we've spent time around both. And would you agree that they naturally have the ability to just own a moment and talk? Oh, they're 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 so goofy together in the best way. And I will say that... um, the Jason one was fucking legendary. Yes, it was. Hard to top that. And I, when we went out to Tahoe, and so apparently in that Tahoe event, there's a celebrity karaoke to the point where, like, I watched a girl go up to the, to the front and go, I want to sing a song. And they said, we don't know who you are. We can't let you on stage. <laughs> like, it was like Charles Woodson. And Doug then Flutie. Like, yeah, no, Doug Flutie. And then so Travis went out there and he sang a song. And to watch him own a stage and just, like, take over. Did, what ju- was his song choice? Because um, that's the that's Not a touchdown girl living in a lonely world. Journey. Journey. Mm. Yeah. And he was like, "Don't stop believing." He looked at me. He's like, "He's like, I don't want this song." He goes, "But it'll kill." It's a, le- it's a, yeah, it's a great and karaoke like, choice. He's jumping and stuff. You're right. If Travis goes up there, it will become the who had the better Kelsey. There's speech. No doubt about it. Absolutely. That's a good one. Of course. Um, I got. I have. Of course. One left. Okay. The validation of Sammy Watkins. 2014, arguably the best wide receiver draft of all time. Mike Evans, Odell, Brandon Cooks, Marquise Lee, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, John Brown, Dante Moncrief, Martavis Bryant, Paul Richardson, Quincy Anunwa, few guys that I left out that you definitely know of that I didn't think they made the cut, undrafted, Willie Sneed, Allen Hearns. Incredible. Above all of them, the undisputed first wide receiver that the entire draft process, there was no debate. It was Sammy, and he went off. And now he's played for three different teams. He has been to zero Pro Bowls. And he would be the only one taken in the first round to win a Super Bowl. There's only other one wide receiver in that draft that won one, and it was Cody Latimer with the Broncos in Super Bowl 50. But above all those guys where he has been lowered, 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 where the whole draft prospect, they had to answer questions about him, he gets to validate himself and the $16 million a year contract that we all poo-pooed since he signed it because he has always been the guy that was supposed to be the number one and didn't get it. And I will add this note. He has played San Francisco twice in his career, once with the Rams, once with the Chiefs. And in those two games, 11 catches, 161 yards, Mm -hmm. and three touchdowns. This man has gone off against uh, the San Francisco 49ers before, but I could see it being like the all coming full circle. He was doubted. He was celebrated and it all fell down. And then he comes back up on the big stage and it's uh, do like a, a Sherlock Holmes. My dear Watkins. My dear Watson. Oh, Watkins. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My dear Watkins. It's <laughs> good. But I think that could be the, the validation of Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
Thanks. I like it good a lot. Time, man. Keep up the good work. I know when he likes it when he says, I like that. I like that. <laughs> good, good thinking. Did you have another one? Just one more. It's a silly one. We know how good Andy Reid is after a bye. But in his career, he's 0-1 after the third bye of a season. And he's now in his third bye of the season. He had one in the regular season. He had one right before the playoffs. And now he's got his third one right now. It's only happened once in his career, and he lost that game. Is that a storyline? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we're now at story number 658 <laughs> of one game. So they're going to be not great after a while, people. Huh. The third bye. Too much time off. Well, yeah. Too much to read. As they say, it's hard to beat a team after your third bye. <laughs> <laughs> then again, Kyle Shanahan also on his third bye right now. But know? we don't know his record. But, but he's 0-0 for his career. That is true. No, he's 0-1. As an offensive coordinator. The Oaksie. Yeah. Head, head yeah, coach, totally coach. different animal. Totally different. Is it? Uh, I also wonder, like, um, you know, what's Dan, like, where is Dan Quinn watching the game? <laughs> sure. I always wonder like what it's like for a head coach watching like a coach underneath him experience equal or more success and how Jay that makes him feel. Oh yeah, you got to think Washington feels like shit. Wait, Washington, you let go a bunch of head coaches that are having success and you stuck with Jay Gruden. Where is yeah, Daniel Snyder watching the game at? I feel like we've covered every angle in the Super Bowl. I think we hit it. Yeah. If, if people have other ones, please oh, hit us yeah. up on Twitter. I'm sure we're missing some, some really fun ones. Uh, there will be a story about uh, Native Americans and their relationship with the Chiefs mascot. Okay. That's 100% a story that's going to come out. Um, I'm curious if anyone, if like the Wall Street Journal does a deep dive on the colors of the team and how that impacts like rooting interests or stuff like that. The 49ers want to use their old throwback uniform. Which ones? I thought it was 94. Was that the year that Dion was there? That was, the year, been that was the year they 94. beat the Chargers and Dion was there. Might have been. I think they they want to wear that. So that that's definitely a story that I've already seen. There is there is like something about like which team wears the reds and which team wears the whites. I feel like Kansas City likes the red and the 49ers like the white. I, my favorite Niners jersey is the white. Yeah. It's the white with the gold with the drop shadow. Where it's like the eight with the black. Yeah, yeah, it. the black. Yeah, I think that's the 94 one. I, I think it is too. Like, you know what? If I was if I was a corner, I'm rocking a bandana. Bring it back, Dion. Why not? Of course. He can't be Witherspoon, though. He can't be the guy. We didn't really touch on what the Richard Sherman storyline would be. I, I said it's his rubber match. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like his legacy is going to be – he'll be the guy that everyone circles for media night, that I, like the biggest crowd is around oh. his. He's Richard just, Sherman, you know, obviously you know what he said about Crabtree and there was an NFC Championship game a couple – Sorry, that's why I was here like Crabtree. What would he say about Tariq Hill? But let's say he shuts him down mm-hmm. and plays man-to-man. And then what's the, the tweet to uh, Darrell Revis as well as the rest of the NFL? Now what's the story? I better, I, he better not say shit. Because he's about to go up against three guys that are, like, three times faster than him. He looked bad chasing. There is part of me that goes, Andy is going to, like, circle Richard and go. Well, listen, Devontae Adams caught a deep ball on him. Obviously, we saw the game. And if you could find a way to motion him and get him one-on-one and man-to-man, of course, you have to attack that if if you're Andy. And you have a bunch of different guys that can do it. So maybe he's sleeping on Sammy Watkins. Think he's just going to run a little nonsense route. Will the Chiefs bring the title, Mahomes? A lot of hill puns. Let's right? hear them. Like, I don't know, like making a mountain out of a molehill or got to climb this hill, mm. right? Like there's a lot of a lot of accomplishment type things. If Sherman says something about Tyreek, it's Sherman dot dot over the hill. Right. 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 Strong. It was okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm, that that's, that actually works. But I think with someone like Richard Sherman. There, there are some guys. I would that go, love if Tyreek Hill called Sherman old. <laughs> there are some guys that go into a Super Bowl with their legacy on the line. I don't think that about Richard Sherman. No, no. If Richard Sherman wins the Super Bowl or loses the Super Bowl, we still think of him as an absolutely legendary cornerback of the game of football. A guy that changed the way things played, the Legion of Boom, a great outspoken advocate. There's a lot of things about Richard Sherman that do not change at all whether the right. 49ers win or lose. And it usually comes to age. Right. If Andy Reid loses, he can't get over it because he might not get back. Kyle loses. Okay, he's got to bounce back. Mahomes loses. He'll get Same back thing. to this stage. Yeah, this doesn't affect Mahomes' legacy. If Jimmy legacy. G does not play well, 
red alert. Because people already have that yes. that in mind. They have that chamber. They want to see Jimmy G fail on the, on the big stage because all year long they've been saying, well, we don't know how he's going to do on the big stage. And even in the NFC Championship game, he only had to throw eight passes. So we still don't know how this guy can perform. It's like, come on. I know. This guy's been 21 and five as a starter. What else do you want from him? 21 and five. The porn angle. Remember, because oh, we forgot that. Kiara Mia. Yeah, the porn star. Did she come to the game? Do the Chiefs bring her to the game? <laughs> and put her right behind the bench? What? Of course they do. Absolutely. I'll be honest. If I was uh, like Pornhub, I would like put a T-shirt on her and Center sit her game. very prominently and pay the thousands of dollars. Of course. But I just don't think, well, the Super Bowl is on Fox. Yeah. And they're a lot more crazy than a CBS. CBS, they would go out of their way not to show it. Fox would be like, all right, bump with Kiara Mia <laughs> and then right to the Budweiser commercial. And then cut over to Rob Lowe wearing an NFL hat. Yeah, what did you think about that? Uh, the greatest tweet was that, like, this is the ultimate Chris Traeger, his character from Parks and Rec. Mm. This is the ultimate Chris Traeger hat that he just wants both teams to have a good time. <laughs> He's not actually there for one team or the other. Rob Lowe is up there with Paul Rudd in terms of white. Your computer is haunted. I How many did. times have you muted it and it keeps oh, beeping like that? because I played the Mariah Carey. Uh-huh. Shit. It all but goes back to Mariah. She ruined it. She has been good in 10 years. We know that. Wow. But she can always go back and sing, what was it, the night? What song is that? The Christmas song? You know what it's called. Yeah, how do you keep forgetting it? <laughs> you know what it's called, damn it. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end this. All right, so we are going to have a, another podcast, uh, a bunch of podcasts coming this week. Uh, again, 1111 Lincoln Road here in Miami. If you can make it. Let's do it. If you're not sure and you're like, I think I'm coming down, slide into the Lefko Show DMs on Instagram and I'll we'll make it work. But try and get here. 233 o'clock Wednesday for football feud, 233 o'clock on Friday to watch Brian Westbrook do a podcast on tequila. Ooh, it's gonna be great. Love it. For David Ingber. There's only one way to wear a tank top confidently. Yes. I can't wait. I'm excited about that. <laughs> for you two guys. Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. Hey, I'm going to have my tank top on. Make sure that, where's Woody at? We're going to get Woody in here and make sure that we have that tank top. (laughs) With an umbrella tucked by his hair. (laughs) On the LEFKOE, man. We'll holla holla at you later. Super Bowl 54 coming up. L-I-V.